Hello, and thanks very much for tuning in to a very somber episode of Huddles and mm-hmm. Stout. That's right. Myself and Rocky, obviously, were humbled yesterday evening. Oh, big God, we're humbled. Uh, yeah. Um, it's one of those where I think this morning I was like, we're not even making the playoff. Uh, nah, I'm joking. Not trying to, to overreact. Um, trying to steady the ship. It is just one loss after all. But how are you, Rocky, other than the loss? Yeah, other than despondent, uh, not too bad. Caught a bit of a bug. Uh, hopefully the listeners won't hear up on it because it's not affecting my sinuses more more so it's affecting... Well, let's just say that the listeners don't want to hear hear about it. Uh, I can confirm it is... Uh... Like a dirty sneeze from both ends is, is as described in a Irish NFL podcast weekly. Absolutely. Um, very flamey as well, as you say, from both ends. Nice. Nice. Um, look, it, it, we're, we're not going to change the format too much at this stage. We kick it off at around the ground. We'll do fort and goal. You can, you can imagine there'll be quite a few talking points from... Both games late last night, uh, obviously the NFC rematch and then obviously the Chiefs fixture. Um, and then we'll finish off with a preview of week 14. But without much further ado, let's get down to the crux of it. Uh, so around the ground, Sasquatch stat to kick us off. Packers quarterback Jordan Love finished with three touchdown passes and zero interceptions in Sunday's win. His second straight 3D, 3 TD, 0 interception game, and his fourth this season. I think he's uh, beginning to surprise us all, mm. I think is, is fair enough to say. Um, so I suppose around the ground, uh, week 13 obviously kicked off Thursday night football. A bit of a crazy affair. Cowboys overcame the Seahawks 41 points to 35. The Texans uh, ended the Broncos streak victorious 22 points to 17. The Chargers in a 1950s style game of football overcame the Patriots six points to zip. Lions overcame the Saints 33 points to 28. The Falcons overcame the Jets 13 points to 8. Cardinals 24, Steelers 10. Colts 31, Titans 28. Dolphins 45, Commanders 15. The Panthers fell to the Bucks 21-18. The Browns fell to the Rams 36 points to 19. Obviously, the 49ers overcame the Eagles 42 points to 19. Overcame might be uh, might be uh, doing it just... Put a beat down. Yep. That'll put do. a beat down. That'll do. Uh, let's call it. Um, and then finally, in Sunday Night Football, the Packers overcame the, 20, the Chiefs Sorry, 27-19 in Lambo, and then obviously tonight we do have the Bengals making the trip to Jacksonville. So that's the around the ground. Um, and next up, we're into Fort and Goal. And if you're not sick of my voice just yet, well, give me four minutes because I am taking the lead. So look, let's let's address the elephant in the room straight out the gate. The 49ers didn't just beat the Eagles. They pounded uh, the reigning NFC champions. It's a simple question, but it's one that's going to get plenty of airtime this week and everyone will be asking themselves, are the 49ers now the presumptive Super Bowl favourites? Um, well, we could talk about it or we could just look it up um, because I did and they are. Which is fair enough. I think mm. it's it's not only that the um, the 49ers, as you say, or said initially, held on against the, the Eagles. They absolutely thumped them. Um, and furthermore, then they did the same to another NFC contender in the Cowboys earlier on in the season. Um, just ever since they came back from their three-win, or th- uh, three-game losing streak, I should say, they've just looked... Like flawless, like infallible. Mm. It's very, very difficult to actually pinpoint a weakness on them. Um, because if you were to look at the possession chart, obviously Philadelphia 
kind of looked as if they were going to put up a good fight. Two punts to start the game. They forced mm-hmm. on the 49ers and every single other possession for the 49ers ended up being a touchdown. So, I don't know. Do, do you see any weakness? Like, to me, I I can't see another team. There's nobody else on that tier with San Francisco. I don't think... Like, people are talking about the Cowboys, but the 49ers have always been the, the Cowboys kryptonite. I, I don't know if... Like, had... Had the, like, say someone like the Browns not kind of, I know you're not, not high up on, on the current quarterback, but someone defensively almost perfect could have potentially given them headaches. Because, like, if you look at, say, the opening quarter, like, that slant route AJ Brown was running, it was causing ructions. Devontae Smith had plenty of decent catches as well. So both were fairly well involved, but I suppose one thing that sat that hasn't sat right with me is and look not to give kudos to another production, but uh, the herd Colin Goherd show. He brought something up on Thursday, and it kind of I somewhat agreed and somewhat disagreed. But his statement was: every Super Bowl champion has a number of blowout wins. And the Eagles haven't had that yet. They've won games tight. Like they, they played the Patriots tight. They went to overtime overtime against the Commanders. And the 49ers have these blowout victories. And they they have them against contenders. The Cowboys have blowout victories, but they're not against contenders. And I suppose when, when you look at the recent wins that give you a, a bit of optimism, the wins against Kansas and the Bills, they now, looking back, don't look as good as they did Directly after, especially Kansas. Um, Buffalo, say what you want. It was it was a difficult fixture, but I don't... I generally don't see anyone that can match the 49ers. Like, they had a three-game slide and they went and got Chase Young. It's it's elements of the, the Golden State Warriors in the NBA for any basketball fans out there that lost to the Cavaliers and went and got Kevin Durant. It's just... They're star-studded. Don't see yeah. anyone that can catch them. No, um, I, there there is a stat out there about teams going ten and one like the Eagles have, even with a low point differential, and always sort of get at least reaching the Super Bowl. But we're talking about the Forty ers here, so I'm not going to uh, look it up. It's it's uh, it's very difficult to defend or even put forward any other team other than San Francisco as uh, mm-hmm. as a contender, like. They really look like a shoe, and like Philadelphia will be lucky to escape with the one seed. I think going forward, um, they'll need to really keep the foot on the gas going forward. And it looks as if, like, even if San Fran just maintain cruise control, they might take it. Well, what I suppose was was scary is not scary, I suppose, but. They marked this game. They talked it up. You've seen them. They all arrived all black. They talked it and they walked it. And that's yeah, the scary concept is that like whatever about like a random regular season game getting caught in the hop, it's just not going to happen in the playoffs. Um, this side shows up. I don't think anyone. We, I think we've seen fifth gear from the 49ers last night. To, 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 to summarise it I suppose yeah yeah not much let's, more to be uh, said there let's push on to something a bit more optimistic for Eagles fans mm. we'll uh, switch conference as well and I was chatting to my brother who's a fan of the Ravens and really it was an ideal a week as, as possible for him um, obviously Pittsburgh not only lost but they looked a little bit like just completely as if the the wheels fell off the wagon. Now, maybe some of the additional context and the circumstances around the massive delay um, already trailing the Cardinals, you know, that sort of factors in and destroys any hope and momentum for a comeback. Um, We also saw Cleveland lose. 
Uh, obviously, we haven't seen the Bengals just yet. We're recording on Monday prior to, to Monday Night Football. Um, but the Ravens, uh, rival for the number one seed in the Chiefs, were upset by the Packers. So, really a great weekend for them. Um, I'm just looking at the the New York Times has an excellent sort of playoff simulator calculator for uh, for, for the playoffs. Obviously, um, mm. so they have a 25 percent chance now of of capturing the one seed and getting the bye week in the playoffs, where they were, um, I think. 15% prior to, to this weekend. So it's a big, big boon to them. Uh, we also saw the end of the dead cat bounce off Matt Canada. Like, it was a pretty poor offensive showing. It was pretty horrific now. Uh, and for the next few weeks, they will have probably Mitch Trubisky on the centre as well. So yes, I yeah. don't envisage it getting any better. Ankle injury um, dial Kenny Pickett there. Um, yeah, not not that he's a huge loss to be fair. No, um, but we did but... see as well, and I'll try and get the latest up here. But we did see T.J. Watt as well in in quite a bit of pain, I think, during that game. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, I suppose in in short, it's it's kind of all fallen. Like you're literally looking at the Ravens, and you're saying in your conference, which is traditionally a hard conference, you're the only franchise with their QB one down the stretch. Yeah. So it's a handy run. I think it, look, I think it's between themselves and the dolphins at this stage. Now look, things could take a drastic swing over the next fortnight, but standing where we're standing, I think it is dolphins and Ravens juking out for that one seed in the AFC. Look, they have identical records as well. Obviously both nine and three, but, uh, you're kind of, like the Dolphins have a kind of a wacky result in them, I think. Mm. The Ravens less so. Um, look, the wacky results are no one's immune to them. But I, I do think if I had to pick a side between the two of them to have a wacky result this side of the end of regular season, I, I'd put my money on the Dolphins. Funnily enough, now so, this has um, the each division leader, Dolphins, Ravens, Jaguars and Chiefs, they're all within um six percent of each other of actually getting the one seed. So the Chiefs loss really has sort of tightened things up there. Now obviously the Dolphins lead that at twenty eight percent. Um and again I think just what we've seen from their offense it's it's theirs to lose. Fair. Um, um but I think what did you think of um just very quickly to touch on Brands, what did you make of Joe Flacco's performance? Obviously, he wasn't good. No, he's still elite, though. Um, yeah. Um, Beautiful. Apologies. 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 That's the production quality you pay for. Well, I think that's probably um, just enough talk about this division. Yeah, it, it's it's well. I just think it just to quickly touch on. I do think it's a. It is fairly disappointing that a division that promised so much at various stages throughout the year has, as I mentioned, kind of become a division with one QB, one left. Yes, yeah. Um, and I think that would be the big takeaway of this division. Yeah. Fair. Um, keeping it nice and gloomy. Uh, what are the chances that owner... Robert Kraft will allow Coach Bill Belichick the opportunity to try and be rebuild around Caleb Williams or probably more likely Drake May, considering they will likely draft at one or two, depending on how it goes in the stretch with the Panthers. Um, it's a good question. My only reservation is that we've heard, not just this year, but even last year there's been sort of rumours and rumblings of discontent in New England and disagreements between Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick. I'm not exactly convinced. What I will say, though, is Bill Belichick is, he is 
absolutely catching a lot of flack and maybe justifiably so for the offense he can still put a good defense together yeah but the, the element is is why is it that that defense in the last three games has conceded 26 points and has lost all three games like that's incredible defense but the 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 tele test between Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick is going back to Jimmy G's tenure mm. in New England. Belichick wanted to move off Brady, and there is an argument that can be made that yeah, I know they won another Super Bowl with Brady, just one more with, with Brady around that time. Maybe it was two, but I think it was just the one. Um. Arguments can be made that had they made the move then, had they cut the, they might be a Super Bowl less, but the last two seasons wouldn't have happened. And I think one thing that I won't say Myers because it paints it in a negative light, but sort of a mantra for the Patriots during their their dynasty was that they would always rather move off a player a year early rather than a year late, and that's really what we got with Brady. He obviously won a Super Bowl in his first year with Tampa. And not that he was poor the year after. Um, obviously, the, the books kind of went through a bit of an injury bug. Um, but he wasn't the same player in that he could elevate the entire team to those lofty expectations. So, I think that played out the way they had, pl- they had operated during their dynasty. I'm I'm just not sure if if you're going to get this reset with a a young quarterback that dinosaur Bill Belichick is is the captain the admiral you want for your ship. No, and arguably, it's it's been proven time and time again in recent years that an offensive head coach is the way to go. So sticking with a defensive-minded head coach. Probably time for a new luck in New England. I just I wonder will it be be a clean, classy cut or will it be a messy one? Um, you would have to imagine. To you'd have to imagine it's going to be a, a Bill Belichick's decided to step away from the team. You know that sort of class of of departure. Yeah. Um, the uh, mutual consent uh, is the is the association football one for it. You got sacked. I was about to say um, that maybe D'Amico Ryans has sort of put a bit of glamour on, you know, the, the idea, the prospect of a, of a defensive head coach, obviously after the six success he's having. Um, but then I thought to myself, you know, the flip side of that is Jonathan Gannon, maybe this year. It hasn't been horrible, but um, again, I think you're always looking for the the offensive head coach to really, you know, polish the turd, a la Shane Steichen. Yeah, look, I'm not saying it's impossible that a defensive-minded head coach can be successful in today's NFL. No. But I just think bang for buck, odds on, chance of survival with what's what's going to be a new quarterback on the centre. Like, I think Mac Jones will be selling life insurance next year. Um that that's that much is is not up for debate i don't think fair play to him um yeah uh, he will he will do well selling houses in tuscaloosa they, but uh yeah look the, the uh the buzzer has gone so right let's go somewhere a little bit more positive yeah um and i did mention domingo ryan's the texans have not quite knocked the Broncos out of the playoffs, of course. Um, I don't think anybody has been mathematically eliminated just yet, except the Panthers. Um, but they they did deliver a big blow to the Broncos' playoff hopes, and they looked pretty good doing it. I sort of had a, a feeling in my gut that it might look a little bit like the Jaguars game when Stroud would be chasing the win. Um, but no, he he really took over that game, and he had lost Tank Dell just a, mm. a three or four snaps, I think, into uh, his first possession. Yeah, from like 
we've we've sung CJ Stroud's praises, and look, in no ways am I a professional level pundit. We're very much amateur podcasters who just enjoy sport. But for me, the definition for me that not the definition, but the the moment I will likely cling to from this season that CJ Stroud is the guy, the franchise, the face of the franchise moving forward and just is going to be like a, like a top 10 quarterback minimum is the moment where the player's name escapes me, but he got into a bit of argy bargy with a Broncos defender. Um, Possibly, I name escapes me. Name yeah. is irrelevant, but just to see a rookie quarterback in his first year not take a backward step, yes. and to stand up, it it's the it's kind of that intangible thing we talk about Jalen Hurts sometimes. Just that element that you just can't quite cover on a scouting report, or you you're not going to cover in the combine. It's that little bit of fairy dust. He just has it. Um, yeah. And I just think... It's wherewithal. The Texans it's and common they, sense. It's, yeah. it's, as you say, an intangible... It's common sense to be to be going head-to-head it's with... It's street smarts. Someone who, it's who book smarts. got 40 pounds on you. No. Oh. No, I, just, I think... Yeah. The, it's, the, it's excellent situational we, awareness is what it is. Um, it's chutzpah. <laughs> no, I think it's moxie. Uh, Sorry to use one of your famous expressions, but look, I think minimum standard we had for D'Amico Ryan's this season to be a success was to set the culture. Yeah, he's done it in spades. Um, they have a definitive wide receiver one and quarterback face of the franchise from the same draft class. They're very young. They they will likely get bounced in the first round of the playoffs, depending on who. They get and how high up in the season they go. But if you told Texans fans right now they would be where they are, they wouldn't have believed you at the start. This is a successful year. They just wouldn't. Yeah. So, yeah, look, Texans are doing a brilliant job. Uh, D'Amico in particular is doing a fantastic job. And as an organization and a fan base, maybe not an organization, I'm not huge up on the McNair family, but... no. For a fan base, it's great to see because they've they've struggled substantially. To be fair, it's been it's a few yeah, it's been a few turbulent years. Um, just to very briefly touch on the Broncos, um, the Broncos stretch coming up. It's not a, a gauntlet as you would describe it. You know they're playing the Chargers, Lions, Patriots, Chargers again, and Raiders. You know, Chargers kind of tough to. To identify where they are on the gauge sometimes they're playing up or down to their opponents but the Lions is obviously stands out there as the as the the big test um if the Broncos lose to the Lions it's going to be tough sledding for them to get in if they can upset the Lions and we have seen the Lions struggle over the last couple of weeks it took a pretty a bit of a and we'll, we will touch upon it in a few minutes, but uh, took all their might read to hang on there. Um, <clears throat> Having been 24 zip up, was it? I think um, I think it was I think 21 it. zip and then 24 seven. Fair. Yeah. But look. Yeah. Sure look. We'll get them. We'll get them. Um, simple question. Yes. Is it panic stations yet for the 8-4 Kansas City Chiefs? And the reason they ask is because it's not improbable, but it is now probably unlikely that the Chiefs will get to do something this offseason, which they always do, which is play the AFC Championship game in Arrowhead. Yeah, um, that, that loss to Green Bay was a big blow. I think they're... Of all of the division leaders, they're pegged to have the the lowest chance of having that 
uh, hosting that championship game. They just don't look right. Um, this is, I think, case in point. Like this will be used as an axiom to prove that even the best quarterback in the game needs, you know, verified weapons. Yeah, um, and it's it's a it's an absolute doozy of a fixture. It's not maybe the game we thought it would be. Maybe looking like when the season draw was done up. Like the Bills have to come out swinging. It's do or die for them. Mm. They're outside the playoff picture at this stage. They are. Um, it's a. Uh, yeah, I I personally think it is panic station. Not not saying they're going to miss the playoffs. They'll make the playoffs. Don't get me wrong. No. But. No, they they were they're almost guaranteed now to um. To to make the playoffs. Um, but your confidence for them of maintaining any sort of a run in the playoffs, when you, when normally you'd be taking it for granted that they will at least pass their first test on wildcard weekend, or normally they wouldn't be even be playing then. Mm. Um, yeah, certainly throws it up in the air. It is hard to have any confidence when when uh, Patrick Mahomes is thrown to. You know, whatever about Pacheco looking like a very good piece. Rashid Rice at times looking pretty good. The rest of his ensemble, it's just not really cutting the mustard. Um, even Travis Kelsey, I don't know whether it's... Like, for the last few years, we've kind of been saying, this is where the, the decline comes. And maybe it's an anomaly, but it, it might be a safe bet to um to say that this is the decline, particularly because he's been a bit more vocal about retirement in the last twelve months. He he is he is surprisingly old. He's the same age as Gronk. He is surprisingly old, yeah. Yeah, you just don't think about it. Um But um yeah, it just seemed like someone would go on forever. Um which look, if he does how much will the Chiefs rue allowing Tyree Kill to be out of that building? Because he is he is Miami right now. He is, he is there. Yeah. Face of their organization. Um not don't take discredit to it by any means. He is incredible though as well. I, just, I can't understand how like the stress his body must be under. You know, moving and starting and stopping at the the pace at which he does the acceleration deceleration he's like he's hurdy i think like there's definitely a case to be made that he should have been the piece i know it's probably it's almost unthinkable imagining travis kelsey and i love travis kelsey but you know what was the right move there i think i think maybe the chiefs believe the kind of the media take the Tyreek Hill was just an athlete with an exceptionally talented quarterback. Very possible, um, and there's there's no denying the like the chemistry between Kelsey and Mahomes. They're almost in each, in each other's heads, um, at times. Mm. I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to put any hot takes out there here, but like, if we saw if Tyreek was still on the Chiefs, and maybe it was Kelsey, not that that was ever a possibility, but like we might still be talking about the Chiefs as that powerhouse. Being able to score I, at will. I, I would believe so. With the ability for, for the throws that Mahomes can make. Yeah. The distance he can get. Yeah, absolutely. But look, um, hopefully we're not sat here next week saying three on the bounce for the Chiefs. Um, is there a danger to miss the playoffs? But I don't think that's going to be the case. Mm. But look, we'll, we'll get to all that later, all that good fluffy stuff later. Um, let's push on. We'll push on. Um, we'll zip through this. It's just something we kind of like to do at various intervals throughout the season and just kind of looking at the odds for the various awards. Just because sometimes you kind of miss how how other players are performing around the league and you'll, you, you might be surprised at some of the people with these high up odds. Right, we'll we'll pop in with the big one MVP. Can you would you wager a guess 
maybe for the top three in the odds here. They're all very similar. I don't necessarily need the order. Need the order. I would imagine before this week it was Dak, Jalen, and maybe Tyreek. Um, prior to this week, I don't changed. know. You're gonna have to. But now, as it currently stands, is um, hurts. And obviously, this is going to vary from bookkeeper to bookkeeper. But Hertz is still the favorite on Bet365, followed by Purdy and Prescott tied. Um, which makes sense. Like, Ooh. Prescott, since the bye, has been fantastic. Purdy is, I think, put together. Purdy, Purdy wasn't in discussion until last night. No, uh, he's really. Like the 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 Niners' schedule this year also hasn't been, you know, anything to write home about. But but the stamp they put on that game was was really impressive. I know they beat the Cowboys and, and the Jaguars, but um, and maybe he should have been talking. The argument you'd also make is that maybe McCaffrey should be in there. I'm not talking about McCaffrey because he has set the record, hasn't he? Last night. He did, yeah. He's um eighth in the odds here. Um Tyreek is seventh, so they're your first kind of skill position players on the board. Probably decent value there. But anyway, we'll we'll tip on because we've got a few different categories. Um offensive player of the year. I'll give you again, you can take your guess for the top three leaders for this one. McCaffrey, Tyreek. Probably would have been AJ, but he's he's had it quite a few weeks. Um, yeah, geez, I'll, I'll, I didn't say tank that. It was a million miles away. No, no, I'll uh, I'll ease your suffering there. It is Tyreek in front, then it's McCaffrey, and it's actually CD Lamb who's crept up again. Um, now he had a good stretch okay. there. I think he had. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Five games um, with ten or more receptions, and he set his own record. Allah, you know, similar to AJ Brown in his stretch. Um, yeah, AJ Brown is is down there. Um, after his sort of quiet stretch, but that's where we are. I'm like hard to argue against Tyreek. It's got to be his award now at this stage, even with McCaffrey mm-hmm. and his mm-hmm. his outrageous year. Uh, defensive player of the year. This is probably going Miles. to be Miles. Is yeah, he's tied with another fella. From ye old Texas, Michael Parsons. I don't think Mike has had a great year. I think he's been okay in patches. I don't think last year he was better. Um, it's certainly not as uh, in your face, like impressive. Um, third in the odds there is TJ Watt. Um, Deron Bland is fourth. How much stuff do you put on that? That's... Yeah, I think like what he's done is has been really impressive. Yeah, it is. But was he roasted? He was roasted by DK though. That might have. That's it. It's a bit like Trayvon Diggs, kind of, you know, lots of interceptions and lots of giving up yards. Um, 
were very, very... I'll just read out the top contenders for the Rookie of the Year awards, and then we'll just, again, briefly touch on Coach of the Year. So, Offensive Rookie of the Year, no surprise. It's Bij- uh, sorry, it's CJ Stroud's award to lose. Bijan, Jameer Gibbs, and Puka Nakua sort of um, coming up after them. Um, defensive Rookie of the Year... Looks like Jalen Carter's going to take it. Devon Witherspoon and Will Anderson, who had a nice game this weekend. Mm. Um, and then Coach of the Year. Not too much movement here, and kind of a few surprising names. Dan Campbell remains the first name off the board. I, I don't get it. Like, I'm not a not disagreeing mm. that he's a good coach, but how isn't it D'Amico Ryans? Um D'Amico Ryan's and a man we brought up last week, Shane Steichen. And Shane Steichen. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we'll leave that there. A um, couple of surprises. Like, I I would guess that D'Amico Ryan's wins this award. Yeah, I think so. I think, I think so. once they lock um, up their playoff spot, it's... it's something like he has taken that team. It's from, secured. Yeah. It's secured from there. Anyway, look, my final pipe for the evening, and look, this should put a bit of a note on uh, who you mentioned as the favourite for the coach of the year. But assuming the Detroit Lions' lacklustre defence doesn't get in the way and they don't fall, who is in the driving seat for second place in the NFC North, Green Bay or Mini? Goodness, if you had asked me this question two weeks ago, I would have said, <laughs> again, Sasquatch, that's a stupid question. But uh, yeah. no, See, you're you're asking the, the, the interesting ones now. Um, I took it to heart. Yeah. yeah. Two weeks ago, no, it would have been Minnesota. No. Yeah. Just so the listener knows, we did fall out. We, uh, we swung on each other. Um, yes. and we but we, we sell our differences like men we did uh, just to run you quickly through the matchups so Packers have the Giants the Bucks the Panthers the Vikings and followed by the Bears and then the Vikings down the stretch have the Raiders the Bengals the Lions the Packers and the Lions again So looking at kind of like strength of schedule stuff, I know obviously Bengals is not the fixture you would have thought. But I think the fact they have to play the Lions twice yeah, is potentially going to stand in their way. But yeah, what a turnaround in Green Bay. What a turnaround. I'm like, we, myself and yourself, certainly myself, I was pretty high on Green Bay sort of coming into the year and it kind of looked as if you know, they were going to have a, a strong year before things really fell off. I think they had injuries on defense and Aaron Jones and along the O-line. And um, Jordan Love just wasn't playing very well. Um, but they the last three games, he's been playing like a franchise quarterback. Um, he's, mm-hmm. It's not just that he's been playing poor defenses. He's been making some really nice throws. Um, look arguably the the saving grace for Kansas this year has been their defence um, and he, he he made some really good reads last night yeah um, now I the, the the wheels would have to fall off completely for the Lions for them to seed the division but um, I don't think they're going to no, I don't think so either. Um, as you say, like they they need to lose out, and you'd have to have Green Bay almost winning out every game. So, very unlikely. Mm. So, you, so you reckon Green Bay over Mini? I do. Yeah, it's like just even in the last week, we've seen this sort of quarterback controversy brew up in Minnesota. All of a sudden, Josh Dobbs had that stinker versus Chicago. And now, is it uh, Josh Dobbs or is it Nick Mullins? Or is it um, is it Jaron Hall, I think, is their rookie quarterback? That they kind of 
mm. he got a very brief look before getting injured um and that's when Josh Dobbs went in so like it's it's actually tough to to be optimistic about them yeah they they seem in a world trouble right now yeah look NFC North has been very bonkers this year and it probably is kind of fitting that Dan Campbell probably going to be the coach of the team that wins it this season it's just it's very unpredictable but look the timer did go so you've had my final point let's have the final point for this week well a bit of a uh, a disclaimer here I'll read out my point it's uh, look at the current playoff seedings and the biggest upcoming matchups um, now here comes a disclaimer I did intend to do a bit of a look at uh, each of the matchups, um, but unfortunately I was not very well today, so I didn't have any time to devote to it. So what I'll do instead is I'll read out the who is in the playoffs for each conference. I'll read out the three or four most likely teams on the bubble, and you can tell me if you would swap any in or out. So um, we'll start with the AFC. The four division leaders, Miami, Ravens, Jaguars, Chiefs. Do you foresee any change within those divisions? Do not. Uh, I think all four are good for their money. Um, I think what might change is, but like one and two might change, as in like Baltimore might take the one seed, Dolphins might take the one seed, and I think three and four are interchangeable at present as well. Yeah. Um, so Jacksonville and Kansas. Uh, the the next three teams kind of filling out just the AFC side is the Steelers, Colts and Browns. What do you reckon? Any potential for any of those three teams to fall out? I'd, sorry, I'd agree with you on the division leaders. Um, we'll see if we start disagreeing here. I'm concerned about the Browns. I... <laughs> Yeah, I think I, th- I think Buffalo finds a way to get back in, and I also think the Texans deserve it. So I could see, I can see any of those three sides falling out. To be fair, if I'm being actually wholeheartedly honest, I don't see the Steelers holding on to their what fifth seed. Yeah, if the Colts fall out, I I wouldn't be shocked considering what our uh, expectations were. I just something in my gut tells me that the Bills make a play and. Maybe they make seven seed, but they just squeeze in. It's very tight below them. Um, the Texans are the same record as obviously five, six, and seven. Broncos a game behind. Bills a game behind. I think we can chalk a line in Bengals down, but from five to tenth in the AFC, I think that could be any of those three sides. Oh, sorry, any of those six sides can can make the the final three sides that make the playoffs easy. Yeah, and these numbers Very I'm about to bit. cite again, the, the New York Times playoff simulator. You know, who knows what these percentages mean? They're all dreamt up by a bunch of nerds, but... Um, Dorks. Yeah, you currently have the Texans on the outside, and they're being given a 78% chance of actually getting in. That's ahead of the Steelers and the Browns, who are at 53 and 60% respectively. Um, the Broncos at 21%. To make the playoffs, so not likely. And the Bills at 14, so <laughs> the nerds in New York don't agree with you. But look, we better move on to the NFC. Um, the Eagles, 49ers, Lions and Falcons. Um, hard to be certain of at least one of these divisions. Yeah, we know what division that is, the NFC South. And look, there's every chance that the Cowboys tie the division next weekend. I don't think it's going to happen because of the shellacking we got. I think had it be played tight, I think then it was a danger. But because we got shellacked, I think you have to see a performance from the Eagles. The Vikings-Packers, as we've discussed, look, there's always a concept that the um, we get three sides in the NFC North. I don't think that's going to happen because I do think the Rams, they're looking good down the stretch. I think they're going to be the seventh seed. And I'd say the Packers will probably push up the sixth. The result of not having to play the Lions twice down the stretch. 
those are the kind of sides for me. So I think I'm not going to give orders, but seven teams to make the playoffs would be the Eagles, the 49ers, the Lions, the Packers, the Rams, the Cowboys, and I think best of a bad bunch. I wouldn't, yeah. NFC South is a headache. It is. I kind of think it's going to be the Bucks. I think it's going to be the Buccaneers. If the Bucks made it, oh, that would be wild. Um, again, we'll um, we'll we'll put a look into the brain trust in New York. The Falcons are the most likely. Obviously, they're currently in the lead for that division, and it is actually followed by the Bucks and the Saints. To me, the Saints have had a disaster here. They went into the season with easily the most stable quarterback uh, roster in that division. Like, if you look at it, the Falcons was a hodgepodge of um, Ritter and Heineke. The Bucks was a debuting um, Baker Mayfield. And the Panthers was, albeit the number one overall pick, but a rookie. The Saints had Derek Carey, who had had a couple of nice years over the last couple of years, and James Winston, who had been a uh, starter. So, and pretty disastrous for the Saints. Um, but I don't think I disagree with any of your teams. Fair. But look, that concludes fourth and goal. And now we're through to the week 14 previews. Uh, I'm going to have to kick it off. Thursday Night Football. This is the final boss of horrific primetime games. Uh, I'm not going to spend too much time on it. Patriots make the trip to the Steelers. I'm going to back the Steelers, obviously, to 7-5 versus 2-10. and 10. If... By some way, you have an opportunity to watch this game. Don't. This could set offensive football back by 100 years. That's how bad this game is going to be. I'd say Steelers 6-3. Moving on. <laughs> yes, I can't add on, add on anymore there. Um, next is the Tampa Bay Bucks traveling to Atlanta. The Falcons are two and a half point favorites. Again, they continue to disappoint on offense. Like consistently underperforming, um, but the defense kind of keeps them in it. I'll probably take probably the books here on an upset. Yeah, same, same. That could kind of switch back what we had discussed. The books potentially taking the NFC. Side. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Next up, LA Rams versus the Baltimore Ravens. And I actually think it's going to play quite well but I think I just back Baltimore off a bye but the Rams are looking good down the stretch and I'm not going to be shocked if they pull off an upset here um, Matthew Stafford has looked good in recent weeks um, but yeah I think look Ravens the Ravens love a good tight game so I, I'd say the Ravens by three yeah the spread is seven Um Disrespectful spread. It is a little bit. I was trying to look up their uh, the injury news on Puka Nakua. Um, I think he'll probably pe- play. I think he came back into the game. Um, I would probably take the Rams plus the points here. Yeah, it's it's like they've just been looking pretty spicy. Um, and I know the Ravens are off the bye, and maybe they sorted things out. And they just they didn't look convincing against the Chargers before it. So. I do think they'll win, but I'll take the Rams plus seven. Uh, the next game is the Lions in Chicago. Um, the Lions are, and this is a little bit wild, they're only three and a half point favorites. I know they are the traveling team. So it, it, it is, in actual fact, sort of a, a pretty widespread. Again, it's a tough one. I don't know what's going to show up for the Bears, but I'm going to probably just bank on the Lions sort of handling the business here yeah it was, the Bears were desperately unlucky the last time they played they found a new way to kind of lose the game so maybe that's that is the explanation for the smaller spread um, we've really seen I, the Achilles yeah, heel of the, the Lions over the last two three weeks so yeah. not out of the Rams a possibility that Chicago upsets but um, yeah I think long term listener Keith would be happy to hear that we're not slating his bears this week. No. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a three-point game. But yeah, 
that's uh, yeah I tend to agree with you Lions should handle business uh, Colts at Bengals obviously this would have been a lot easier to predict uh, following uh, tonight's game but I kind of just feel Joe Burrow's injury has highlighted even more so Joe Burrow, Burrow's value um, I don't think anyone's propping up their team quite as much as Joe Burrow has and it could be could be curtains for for Taylor. I think it, it could become increasingly obvious that it, that he is not a good head coach, and we think Steichen is doing a phenomenal job. So I'm actually going to back Indy in this one. Indy are again the traveling team, but they're two and a half point favorites. I think they're better than two and a half points worth than over the the Bengals. Mm. I'll take. Now this is the classic spot where Gardner Minshew will go out and have an atrocious game. But uh, you gotta you gotta take yeah. stake in here. Fair. Uh, next game is the Jags traveling to Cleveland. Uh, Jags are three point favorites. You know Cleveland, they're that sort of um, all defense, no offense, and we've seen Jacksonville kind of be able to put up some good defense at times and offense at times. I don't think it's gonna be a high scorer. But I'll probably just take the Jaguars here. You hard to have any confidence on on that Cleveland side, unless, yeah. unless it's the second coming of Joe Flacco. Yes, or the third it's or fourth. Baltimore Ravens, Joe Flacco that's playing. Yeah. Fair. Uh, yeah, Carolina Saints. Who's more dysfunctional? Mm. I think Carolyn looked decent in patches against. I know it's much the same in terms of final result, but Carolyn looked a little bit better um, against the Bucks last night. Now, whether that's a dead cap bounce and we'll return to normality, I don't know, but it's a coin toss, this one. Uh, Part of me says Carolina will get their second win in the season. The books don't think it's a coin toss. They have the Saints as five and a half point favourites. I agree with you that the Carolina Panthers looked pretty decent in spells. I shouldn't have been able to know that because I was watching Red Zone. I don't have any fancy uh, City Boy subscriptions like you have. Uh, I uh, slumming it up on the L Red Zone muck. Um, and Red Zone did an awful job of actually showing like the the Niners and Eagles game and they showed us an awful lot of this game or the, the Panthers <laughs> game on the weekend. It wasn't close. That's why. That's the rules of red zone. No. It wasn't close. No. We were seeing middle downs for Carolina and we were we were missing entire down sequences in, in that game early in the game between the Eagles. So if anybody it it, it wasn't a matter of, of the, the closeness of the scores. Don't kid yourself. You just you're just a... Anyway, we'll move on. But uh, You're a jabroni. Yeah, I'll take the Saints there. Um, next is the Texans uh, at the Jets. Texans getting a healthy road favorite spread of six points. It's very difficult to doubt um, CJ Stroud, the Warrior, even against the Jets' defense. Gotta go Texans here. Even though that's, all, that's, that's very wide for a a road favourite. Yeah, it is, but I think that the wheels have definitely fallen off uh, in Gotham as of late. I think r- 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 ourselves and the Jets are in agreement that it's time to chalk this season off finally. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. Texans. I, I'm all about that man, CJ. CJ, fool. Yes. Yeah. Uh, look, we, we discussed them at nauseum. It's the Vikings making the trip to Las Vegas. <sighs> what Las Vegas will we see? This is a, this is one of the more difficult ones to predict. I don't know what the spread is going to say, and you're going to tell me anyway. I am. But my gut, 
my god says Las Vegas um, the Raiders are home underdogs by three points um, says who well not me says um, president the president of Las Vegas Mr. Corporation Mr. Man dork um yeah again this is such a this is another competitor for ugly game like we we sang josh dobbs's praises throughout the season but i it might have caught up with him he's back to back up i think if you go back and listen yeah was a was it was a man who said three game stretch yeah but there's a reason he's a career backup yeah but you're 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 just a cynic you say that about uh Everybody. A realist. Yeah, I'm back in the Raiders here. I don't care. All right, then. Up yours, yeah. Vegas. I'll, Desert people. Uh, I'll jump on your wagon. The next game is the Hawks at the Niners. Uh, Niners are 10.5-point favorites. Difficult to argue with, uh, given that they came off a big thumping. Um, it is a lot of points. Jeez, that, like, that's tough. I don't want to be accused of hating and say I'm gonna go with the Seahawks. I it's just a it's a division game. I think the game that the Niners just played is a was a very deeply emotional game that they put everything into. Yes. Um I think the Niners will win, but I think the Seahawks will definitely keep it within that margin. Yeah, I was that I was gonna say yeah, look I think You'll see a kind of a retaliation almost from the Eagles this weekend, and I'll see you'll see a more relaxed 49ers approach. I still think they'll beat the Seahawks, but you've also got to bear in mind the Seahawks offensively were very good against the, the Cowboys. Yep. So yeah, I think I think that's miss me with that spread, but back the Niners. Um moving on key key matchup this weekend uh mm. it's two kind of mm. wounded beasts Um, i think both are gonna have to come out swinging i think we could no we won't but uh, it would be be nice to get a rematch of that afc championship game from a few years back i Bills off a bye on the road in Arrowhead. Part of me says Bills. The other part of me says Chiefs because I just I put faith in Andy Reid above a lot of coaches. Um, but as we touched on, what what what's the desert freak saying? The, the desert. <laughs> um, from that because that might come across as a sort of a racial term. Um. No. The 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 desert man is maybe that will actually. Um the Chiefs are two and a half point favourites at home. Um Yeah, yeah, give me that. Give me the Chiefs two and a half. Yeah, like like this is must win for Buffalo. So they'll be they'll be playing desperate, but like the Chiefs are coming off a couple of you know, a bit of a skid there, so it's not as if they're on the cruise control They'll be gunning for a win too, so I might actually take mm. the the Bills there. I think they're they're definitely the more desperate team. Um, our next our yeah. next game okay. is the Broncos at the Chargers. The Chargers are three point favorites. Wrong. That's a weird Wrong. line. That's give me them Broncos. Give me them Broncos. I think the Broncos are the the uh, the better team, but that's a weird line. And Vegas, oh, whenever there's a weird line, Vegas are always up to something in the background. Those fucking Greeks. <laughs> that 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 could be racist. I love um, the Greeks. Yeah, and then <laughs> takes us to my best friend is Greek. Sunday night. Football. Uh, yeah, look. As an organization, as a fan base, if you could pick a game to follow that game against the 49ers when the Eagles are going well, 
you would pick this one. Um, I think had we lost close to the 49ers, had it been like a 20.17 game, I'd probably actually be leaning Cowboys at home in Jerry World. Uh, that's where they put all the beatdowns on. But I just, maybe it's a fantastical delusionment, but I just, a fanatical delusionment rather, but I, I just I feel like Philly will do this one and I, I'm more than comfortable having an egg on my face next next Monday. But it's just something tells me that that blowout by 49ers might have been just what the Eagles needed. Not necessarily players, but head coach not too uncomfortable when I've been taking down a peg or two because I have cringed at moments this season. So, uh, yeah, I think Philly by three. By goodness, I hope you're right. That it is what they needed. Um, Dallas need to win this game for a a chance at the division. Um, If Philly drop this to Dallas, it's still within their grasp because they... They will. They'll go to the the next leg of tiebreakers, which will be against conference. Well, common opponents, which they'll split, and then conference. And Dallas obviously lost the Car- the Cardinals early in the season, so that could be very pivotal. Pivotal. That word. Um, pivotal. Pivotal. Sorry. Um. So I think Dallas will be gunning. So. I'm wary of taking the Eagles here, but yeah, the Eagles were made to feel like a <laughs> a bottom tier tier last team last week, so I think they will be putting in a lot of work. My only concern is that Dallas will be will have more rest for this game as well. Um, I mm. think the cards are stacked against the Eagles after coming off this tough stretch. I probably take Dallas here. That's fair. I get it. I get it. Um, my take is probably biased, but there's no point in sitting there and recording an editing podcast if you can't be a little bit biased. Well, you said it. So, yeah. Um, the next game. Two Monday night games. This yes, week. that's nice. I like when they spread the games out across the week. Um, although I'll have to fit two of these in in the in the train in the morning, which is a pain. Pretty inconvenient. Um, the Titans traveling to the Dolphins in Miami. Miami are 13-point favorites. Ugh. That's an ugly... It's it's like that, that, that spreads right in the, the sweet spot. Like, you couldn't put too much more on it. Like, I don't trust Titans to, to keep up in any way, shape, or form with the, the Dolphins. Um... No, and the Dolphins are at don't. home, so uh, I, I might be tempted to take that minus thirteen, but it's too big. I probably just wouldn't. Wouldn't touch it. Uh, the one thing I would say is, look, Will Levis is. I think he's playing well. The I don't know if you've seen the heads up play where he basically threw a pick and went and got the ball back. Yeah, last night. Yeah, I saw that. That's I'm still still deciding whether I think that was really good or. <laughs> Scrappy. Yeah, it certainly it's scra- is. Like, well, it's, what do you think it's good about? It? It's scrappy anyway. Yeah. Um, plenty of, it's a hustle play. Um, which, yeah, I, I think there might be something there. Um, but, yeah, no, in no way, shape, or form do I think they'll beat the, the Dolphins. I just think, on a general holistic term for the Titans, I think it might be a good piece. Um, and look, next off, we'll move to the final game of the weekend. The second of the Monday Night Footballs, the Green Bay Packers make the trip to New Netherlands. I am keep it short, keep it sweet. Uh, Packers, easy as you like. New Yorkers six and a half point dogs at home. It's dangerous. I'm not picking a spread. I'm just picking a winner. If I'm picking a winner, I'm picking Green Bay. If I'm picking the spread, I might take New York there. I think the team is rallying around um, wise guy Tommy DeVito, so I think, yeah, he just brings a little bit of that that flair. It's called Jersey Steel. Yep. 
Provocative. Sure. Fair. Well, look, I think that's all from me. Yep, that, that's all from me. Thank you, and good night. Exactly right. I mean, Get there's nobody there. inside the 10. Get back, guys. Here it is. The season's on the line. Two receivers left and right. McCown takes the snap. He steps up. He's all by himself. Fires into the end zone. Caught! Touchdown! No! No! The Cardinals have knocked the Vikings out of the playoffs. Say goodbye your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.